0: for true good sleep. So, press play on good sleep tonight, because a good tomorrow starts with a good night's sleep. Just search for good sleep in your podcast app, and be sure to pick the one from Optimal Living Daily. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 2184, How Protein and Fiber Will Change Your Body, part one, by Rachel Trotta of racheltrotta.com, and I'm Dr. Neil Malik. Happy Monday and welcome to another edition of Optimal Health Daily, where I read some of the best blogs covering health and fitness, just like an audiobook, and always with a bit of my commentary at the end. Now we have a bunch of shows narrating blogs, just search for Optimal Living Daily to find all of them. Now today's post is a bit longer than what I typically narrate, so I'll read the first half today and then finish it up for you tomorrow. So with that, let's get right to the first half as we optimize your life. How Protein and Fiber Will Change Your Body, Part 1 by Rachel Trotta of Racheltrotta.com. I've looked at a lot of food logs. I've seen many different styles of eating based on the client's age, geographic region, culture, and tastes. But whether someone is a 60 year old woman from the Midwest or a 30 year old man from Brooklyn, two common themes consistently emerge protein and fiber. In many cases, People don't eat enough of either nutrient. Most people's diets are excessively high in carbohydrates and fat without the solid, slow-burning, health-promoting building blocks of protein and fiber. It's easy to think that this only happens when people are classically unhealthy, eating junk food, never preparing food for themselves, living on drive through meals, and so on. But it also happens when people try to lose weight, because they often start eating less and cutting carbohydrates and other foods that they perceive to be bad or high in calories. This often cuts both fiber and protein from their diets. This often leaves people running hungry from meal to meal with high levels of food cravings and symptoms like afternoon energy crashes or late evening snack attacks. Most Americans eat 10 to 15 grams of fiber per day, But for those assigned a female gender at birth and under 50 years of age, the goal should be at least 25 grams per day. Once you're over 50, the goal lowers slightly to 21 grams. For those assigned a male gender at birth, the target is even higher. 38 grams for those under 50 and 30 grams for those over 50. Obviously, the average of 10 to 15 grams per day radically undershoots the ideal. While the need for eating more fiber is pretty clear-cut, protein can be more of a gray area in terms of public opinion. The recommended dietary allowances stipulate eating at least 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. To figure out your minimum protein intake goal, multiply your body weight in pounds by 0.36. But this is simply the minimum. Most active people need much more. The public health outlook on protein is that most Americans get enough, or even too much. But the issue is that the bulk of this intake is coming from less ideal protein sources, like processed meats or red meats, at the expense of fiber rich foods like beans, nuts, and seeds. Ideally, I recommend that my active female clients eat about 100 to 130 grams of protein per day to support lean body mass, and that my male clients Eat about 150 to 200 grams per day, depending on weight and muscle mass. So why are these nutrients so important and how do we make sure we're getting enough of them? The importance of protein and fiber. Eating more protein and fiber can make a profound difference in someone's eating behaviors, their relationship with food, their physical health, especially cardiovascular health, and their physique. What protein and fiber have in common is that they are both slow digesting. This means that when you eat a veggie and cheese omelet with a side of oatmeal for breakfast, this meal stays in your stomach longer than, say, a slice of toast would. This physically makes you feel fuller. Literally. Mechanically, your stomach keeps its fullness signals longer because it's containing food. But the satisfaction benefits, in dietetics they call this satiety, of protein and fiber go beyond mechanical fullness. It's also related to the fact that Slow digesting foods, especially fiber, prevent large blood sugar spikes, which means that you also get to skip the resulting blood sugar crashes. In real world terms, this means that you don't get on the cravings roller coaster when you eat meals that are well balanced. You're likely to experience authentic hunger again when it's time for your next meal or snack, not panicked cravings within less than a few hours. Additionally, Protein plays a significant role in muscle protein synthesis, the process in which your body builds and maintains muscle mass. This is important at every time of life, but is particularly important for older adults when muscle mass is easily lost. Active people and older individuals should be especially attentive to regular protein intake. This means that eating enough protein and fiber can change your eating behavior as well as your physique, even if each individual meal contains more calories. Let's say you normally have an English muffin with butter for breakfast and that the whole meal is 200 calories. From a calorie reduction point of view, a 200 calorie breakfast is fantastic, but from a macronutrient and micronutrient point of view, not so much. In an example like this, I frequently recommend that clients have a protein like eggs or a combination of eggs and egg whites for breakfast with the English muffin and also find a way to add some fiber, like adding a veggie, like broccoli, to the eggs. This is a much more filling breakfast. There's nothing wrong with the English muffin per se. It's not about what it is. It's more about what it isn't. Even if you end up with a 400-calorie meal instead of a 200-calorie meal from a calorie reduction point of view, you will likely still be fine because you may be able to trim mindless eating from the rest of your day because now you're not as hungry. To be continued. You just listened to part one of the post titled, How Protein and Fiber Will Change Your Body by Rachel Trotta of racheltrotta.com. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. I wanna go back to the daily fiber recommendations today's author Rachel mentioned. Rachel talked about how as we move past the age of 50, the daily fiber recommendations actually decrease. We might've thought that as we get older, it would be important to increase our daily fiber intake to prevent diseases like say, colon cancer. Again, on the surface, that would seem to make sense since colon cancer risk increases as we age. But it turns out that the daily fiber recommendations are based on our daily calorie intakes. So it's assumed that as we get older, we consume fewer calories each day. Then, since we consume fewer calories each day, we don't need to consume as much fiber. This is actually a fair assumption. Most studies have found that as we get older, we do tend to eat less. And since we eat less, we do not need as much fiber each day. Now, this is of course just a recommendation. If someone were to consume as much fiber as they did when they were younger and weren't complaining of any digestive issues, I probably wouldn't have a problem with it. But again, for most Americans, we do need to think about increasing our daily fiber intake no matter what age we are. All right, that should do it for today. Thank you so much for listening every day and sharing the show with others. I'll be back tomorrow to finish up this post. So I'll see you there where your optimal life awaits.